Welcome to the 11 Dubcast. I am Johnny. He is Andy. Things have changed a little bit since the last Dubcast. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like something just feels different. The vibe is a little different around sports in general. And I don't know. How are you? So, how are you dealing with all this? Because right now, as we speak, it is what? It's Monday night. It's 7 14 on Monday night. And we're recording this. Things could change. I don't know how much more they could change at this point because they feel like they've changed so much. But in between at this point in time and a week ago when we were recording the last dubcast, I mean, last time we were talking about like, oh, what's going to happen, you know, like with March Madness. And then now it's like it's gone. So how are you dealing with that? How are you feeling, man? I mean, I feel like we went through about the 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 craziest uh, what I want to say, like 24, 72 hours max. sports news cycle in history it felt like things were changing you know by the minute for literally by the minute yeah 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 yeah. i mean it really was because you went from okay well we're not going to have any spectators to them well maybe we're going to postpone to no well we're actually going to cancel and so in essence you know in in less than yeah really it was less than like 72 hours we went from hey we're gonna have to make some changes to these postseason tournaments to well sports is over for this academic year at the (laughs) ncaa level and, right. and, and over for, you know, uh, or, or at least greatly postponed for all the professional sports leagues remains to be seen what, you know, what exactly is going to happen with, uh, the, the sports leagues that are more or less postponed for now. I, I kept, I was, I was kind of chuckling earlier, um, follow, you know, following Twitter and rule number one of Twitter is never tweet. Right. But somebody right. was, um, retweeting news that San Francisco has issued the order to like shelter in place. I think they call it. And, you know, we don't call it a lockdown or anything like that, but the shelter in place and somebody said, Oh, this is too much. And I thought, well, I'm not really sure how that's any different from where we are now, where in essence, you know, any major activities that you might want to do as a group or family are pretty well closed for business. And um, yeah, this is an unusual time. I'd say nobody in our uh, age demographic has experienced anything remotely like this. And so it's weird and different in some ways, aggravating and frustrating at the same time. Hey, we're doing what we got to do because it's more important to me that we keep folks, you know, I, I wrote a post on Facebook, um, a few days ago. It's like, think about the grandparents, right? I'm not worried right. about me. I'm not even actually all that worried about my, my kid getting sick. Cause it seems like the little tykes are not disproportionately affected by this particular disease. But I said, you gotta, you gotta worry about grandma and grandpa. Let's take care of them. And, and hopefully we can muster enough civic gumption to do what needs to be done to take care of the grandparents. Yeah. And then that's really what it comes down to. It's about keeping people safe and doing what needs to be done. And I, you know, we've talked about this outside of the the podcast and we've talked about it, um, you know, on, on Slack and whatnot, but it, the fact that Ohio and, and Governor DeWine is doing so much to stay ahead of this, or at least as much as they possibly can, I think is pretty remarkable. And again, some people are like, well, this is Jerry Coney, or maybe this is a little too much. You know, maybe you can't go to Applebee's or the gym. And, and I understand that. That's it's it's inconvenient and it's not fun and it sucks. But ultimately, it's being done to protect people's health. And there are a lot of Twitter PhDs, Twitter, Twitter MDs really out yeah. there right now who basically got their their one month degree on, you know, like subreddit EDU. And they're, you know, out there telling people that, well, this isn't that big a deal. And I've done the research. Here's who's done the research. People who have spent 
the vast majority of their lives as medical doctors who are trying to save other lives. So I, I trust them because that's literally what their career is. People might complain about, you know, like, well, sports are gone. So it's hard for me to you know enjoy this or it's hard for me to report on it. I got to tell you something. It's hard for these medical doctors to make the decisions that they're making, but they're doing it because they took an oath to protect life. And that's yeah. why they're doing this. And so I am proud to be in a state right now where the people in charge are taking this seriously, are trying to do everything they can to mitigate loss of life. And they actually seem to give a crap about the, the people who live in the state. So Again, it sucks. It really sucks. I, I, March Madness, in my opinion, is the greatest sporting event in the world. I love it so, so much. And Ohio State seemed primed to do some really awesome things. But you got to give that up. It, it sucks, but you got to give it up in the interest of public health and in the interest of the lives of other people. And look, this is this is unprecedented. There's nothing else that we can really compare it to. I mean, not in my lifetime, not in your lifetime, Andy, not in most of our lifetimes, unless you're like really old going all the way back to 1918 but like i i guess what i'm saying is is that people are allowed to be frustrated it, it's totally understandable if you're yes. frustrated and pissed off because i'm frustrated and pissed off but i also think people need to put that aside a little bit and understand that a nobody wants this nobody in government wants this nobody wants to have this kind of disruption in anyone's life but b the reason why they're doing it is because it's necessary and yeah. that's and that's why we have to take it seriously so yeah, you, you you said it, brother, and I, and I would say, you know, we, we don't want to make this episode just about the uh, the, the virus, but um, I give credit to Governor DeWine and, and Dr. Amy Acton at Department of Health. Those two have been rock stars and really yeah. leading the way for the whole nation. And, you know, you said it, you're, you're allowed to feel uh, angry, sad, you know, cheated out of sports. And for a lot of, I thought Ben Koo put it really well on Twitter that uh, sports is an escape for a lot of folks from you know, da- you know, the, the, the intransigencies of daily life. And we don't have that now. So we're kind of, you know, feeling a lot of emotions. And, and I think where I was really upset, frustrated, uh, you know, sort of quasi-emotional was about thinking about the seniors, whether you're talking about high school seniors who aren't getting to play their basketball or wrestling, uh, wrestle their senior wrestling tournaments. If you're talking about, uh, you know, we're going to talk with Ohio State head wrestling coach Tom Ryan a little bit later in the program about his seniors, Colin Moore and Luke Pletcher, who were, you know, expected to be, um, you know, vying for national titles at a wrestling tournament that isn't happening. So, you know, I, I get feeling those emotions. What, what you got to do is just say, hey, you know what, some things are more important than sports. And it's hard to, you know, reconcile yourself to that when, when we're sports fans and fan being short for fanatical. Uh, but that, that you got to do what you got to do. Folks stick together, chin up, and we'll, we'll get through it. Right. And the other thing is I can totally understand people's frustration because of how quickly everything happened too. I, you know, that's, you're sitting around, you're watching NBA one night and then, you know, halfway through a game and other things like that, people are like, Hey, guess what? This just isn't happening anymore. And they stop one game before it starts. They literally within an hour, uh, they've canceled all of the other games. And then in short order, you you see all of these other leagues basically shutting down. I think today the UFC was like kind of the last domino to fall. Um, Dana White decided not to you know try to host um, fights in his basement. Um, but, it, you know, it's 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 crazy. And, and when that kind of thing happens so quickly, I, I just I think it's totally understandable for people to be a little bit resentful and a little bit annoyed um, because it was like. 
I'm a Reds fan, man. Like, <laughs> you know, opening day is sacred. Oh, yeah. Southwestern Ohio. There's not going to be an opening day. There's not going to be a parade. There's not going to be any of this stuff. I have a coworker who's a huge Reds fan. And uh, he um, literally every year goes to opening day. And that's just, that can't happen for him. And that's devastating. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's a big part of someone's life. Um, so I don't want to downplay, you know, the idea that people are upset because that's totally understandable. And I wrote about this last week that, that sports have always served as like a buffer between, you know, the real world and problems that we have to deal with and things that we can kind of like get emotionally invested in, but not really, which is sports. And like, I, I know people take it seriously than others and all that. But what I'm saying is, is that without that buffer, sometimes it's really hard to deal with how <laughs> difficult life actually is and how scary it can be sometimes. And that's why we have to lean on each other. And and luckily, you know, if you are ha- you know lucky enough to live in the Columbus area and have the services of Ohio State and things like that, there, there's a really strong community there. And I am proud to live in this city. I'm hoping that other people who are in other places within the state and other parts of the United States are able to have that kind of community where people are supporting each other. Cause right now it seems like everybody's kind of like this sucks, but we're going to, we're going to get through it. And that's the mentality I think that people need to kind of have and, and, and just kind of maintain because I don't know how long this is going to last. I have no clue. I, I would love it to be over in a week or two weeks or three weeks, but I, I don't know. And yeah. so I think you just kind of have to like stay positive and, and support other people who need it. Cause there are a lot of people who, who, are in that situation. I think the other reason that people are having such a hard time with it is, is when you look back over the annals of history, some of those kind of annual, uh, whether you want to call them rites of passage or one of those annual, you know, signs of the season kind of you know, seminal moments that didn't stop for literally world wars and, and uh, <laughs> right. you know, some of these great events. I'm, I'm thinking about like the Kentucky Derby, you know, there's a great chance that, the run for the roses will be postponed. You know, last year was the 145th running of the Kentucky Derby. It, it might not happen this year. It might, or at least get postponed. It's been happening since 1875, right. you know, went, went through two world wars and, and a number of other, you know, the great depression, all kinds of issues and challenges, you know, from the first race. Uh, it's hard to fathom that, Hey, wait a minute, that might not happen this year because of, uh, microscopic virus isn't that right it, it's just sort of mind-numbing to think like wow we we went through all this and this is the thing that yeah. brings <laughs> you know, brings to it but there again you know that's not to say and i would say if you're following if you're following personalities on twitter sports personalities uh sports bloggers who are who are downplaying this or who are telling you that this is media hype or you know they're belly aching or crying their cornflakes you need to unfollow those people and get your head out of whatever smoke-filled cloud uh of of twitter minasima you've been you've been soaking up because this is a a real thing and you know let's put on our big boy britches and do what we need to do as a as a community and move on don't get caught up in you know a bunch of uh, woe is me poor poor pitiful because sports are over from people who uh, don't have md or phd behind their names when it comes yeah. to talking about epidemiology yeah look i mean i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't want a sports writer to conduct surgery on me <laughs> yes and i <laughs> 
you know, and, 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 and honestly, vice versa, maybe I would ask a surgeon to write a sports article. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my point is that like, trust the experts, trust the people who, who are out there trying to save lives. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll get through this. And, and honestly, like, again, I, for the most part, I think people have been great and doing what they need to do. And, um, we'll get back to normal. We just got to work at it a little bit. So that's, that's kind of our rant to start off with this. Um, we don't want to get too deep in the ways that we don't want to spend every dubcast talking about the coronavirus. Cause there's lots of stuff going on. Um, yes. and as Andy mentioned, we've got a great guest tonight. We've got some big time Ohio state, uh, football recruiting news to talk about, and we're going to get to that right now well, we're joined by coach tom ryan head coach of the ohio state university wrestling program and uh, really appreciate coach joining us as part of the podcast because when we originally set up this interview the plan was to recap how the buckeyes did at the big 10 tournament and preview the ncaa wrestling championships in minneapolis which are now obviously not happening so this is a a great chance to get firsthand um, feedback from somebody who's dealing with what life is like as an NCAA Division One head coach while we're dealing with this coronavirus situation. Coach, thanks for joining us. Let's let's start first off with your your season's over. Give us the the rear view look back at how how you felt your guys did this season and and up and through uh, a pretty successful Big Ten tournament. Yeah, good to be with you guys. And yeah, Andy, I think that. You know, reflecting back on the year, there were some obviously some some bright spots, and there were some moments of just real growth. This was a this was a season, probably the most interesting season we've had in five years, just in regard to the number of weight classes, the youth I guess the youth one, but too the number of weight classes that were just unsettled for so long. Um, I think the team progressed. I think I think the the uh, uniqueness of the season really. Um, kind of galvanized this team to a brotherhood. Uh, you know, they all witnessed the years before them uh, somewhat dominant teams. And this is a group that, uh, yeah, I, I really feel like they grew together. And, I, that, and then, of course, we move into the Big Tens. And you know, right, up, right up to the last, really, three days before the Big Tens, we, we weren't really sure who our starting 57-pounder was going to be who our starting 125 pounder was going to be. And that can create, you know, just some angst among the team. But I think these guys handle that well overall. And you talked about the growth. I, maybe, maybe I was reading this wrong, but I, it felt like watching how the guys performed in, in the Rutgers Athletic Center at the Big Ten Tournament that you saw them really rounding into form. Like I felt like there was some momentum on your side heading into the NCAA tournament had it happened because of how several members of the team performed at that, at that tournament. Did you, did you feel that way coming back home from Piscataway? We did. I mean, we felt good about the weekend. You know, I think you looked at, you know, cause I think our horses were our horses. They were, they were our horses all year. I mean, Luke had a great win in the big 10 championship match over, over Lee, which, which is a, a performance that we expected him to have in a duel and didn't quite wrestle up his ability in the duel. Uh, you know, Colin Moore looked really good and, and Sammy even wrestled well. So we felt, you know, we felt heading into the nationals after the big tens that, you know, nothing that we saw led us to believe anything other than we would have three champions. We really felt we'd have three in the finals. And when you have three in the finals, three champs, you know, you're certainly in the hunt for a trophy. Um, and then it was just, you know, some of the guys that were inconsistent during the year, you know, Malik, 
Malik lost a lot of matches during the year in the last 10 seconds or uh, you know, poor execution on a leg attack. And he corrected some of those things, you know, ended up earning a spot to national. So I was really, really happy with him. And of course, Romero and Smith, I mean, Smith taking third in the Big Ten and Romero just in there with all the elite guys. You know, overall, we felt really good about, about where we were. And even when the brackets came out, right, the brackets, I mean, the, the NCAAs did not get canceled uh, prior to the brackets coming out. So we had already lined out the brackets, the matchups, and we were working on, you know, just some of the tendencies of our opponents. So it was a sudden, it was a sudden abrupt end. Yeah, and let's let's drill in on that because the the timing of it. I mean, you went from you know all at the beginning of the season there was some excitement because this was going to be what the largest venue ever for an NCAA wrestling championship. It's going to be in U.S. Bank Stadium. You're going to you know have forty thousand spectators potentially. To then okay, well we're going to keep spectators out as as part of the preventative measures for keeping people safe. To oh well we're not having this. Well, what was that emotional roller coaster like for you and and for the guys in the room? Yeah, so you know, none of us, not not no one on the staff, none of our student athletes. You know, I've 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 talked about this you know, with with my team, and you know, we all know in life that there's difficult and there's tragic, right? And by no means was this tragic, right? This is a difficult situation. Uh, you've got student athletes; most of them have wrestled their entire life. And what was so difficult about it was that we're six days away, right? It wasn't like we were three months away or two months away, but we were literally, we were six days away from the first whistle of the national championships. And practice started that day and we knew there was kind of like a tidal wave, you know, coming across the country with a number of different things getting canceled, you know, the NBA and then, and then, and then, the, you know, the, 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 um, you know, NCAA basketball tournament gets canceled and you just start to, it just starts to look pretty gloomy, you know, but you're hoping, you're hoping that a one weekend event, six days away, we're going to make it, we're going to make it right. The wave's just not going to catch us. And in the midst of practice, uh, we got a note that, you know, the NCAAs were canceled. So we stopped practice and huddled the guys around and just, you know, some of them cried together and hugged each other and, and we're grateful for each other. And there was just a lot of broken, a lot of broken dreams, uh, you know, uh, and it was, it was, it was difficult. It was a difficult time. And, and uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, it was tough on the team. It was tough on the staff. It was tough on our seniors, you know, two guys ranked number one as seniors and they were so close so many times and they were going to finally write, you know, a wrong. And it just didn't happen. And, and I guess, right, sometimes in life, life I, I, I guess sometimes in life, life just sucks. And that's one of those moments where you better embrace the suck because uh, there's no other way to look at it. There's two guys on your roster that I think I, you know, I have legitimate feelings of, you know, exactly what you just described. And that's, that's Luke Pletcher and Colin Moore, seniors, co-captains, guys that started the season uh, in Colin's case, you know, number one in the country and went wire to wire, wins uh, his third Big Ten championship. Luke Pletcher at 141 earned the number one spot at the first open tournament of the season and held it up until that match you mentioned in the dual meet with Nick Lee, which was your last duel of the season, avenges his only loss of the season to win a Big Ten championship. And there's two guys that I seem like have meant as much or more to this program as almost anybody but a guy like say Logan Steber 
uh, in the past, you know, six, seven years and are going to walk away without winning an NCAA title when it looked like they're both in prime position to get one in their senior season. What are you, what are you seeing or hearing or feeling from those guys and, and, and how they've reacted to this situation? You know, I mean, they're, as you, to your point, you're, to your point, I mean, they're Buckeye legends. I mean, these are just tremendous leaders, tremendous students. I mean, uh, great examples, great leaders. And, you know, when, when you have that type of person, I mean, they handled it the way that you would expect them to handle it with incredible intelligence, incredible emotional control. Um, you know, and, and there's, you know, there's, 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 I mean, here's the thing is, I don't know. I don't know how I would have handled it. Right. I mean, until I say, until you're faced with something, uh, something that touches you personally, you have no idea you're going to handle it. And I've never been faced, nor has anybody, too many other people, 1980 Olympics, Right. I saw some people chiming in the 80 Olympians that with the boycott. Right. So, I mean, the other thing that was difficult and they handled it well was at the time, it just, it didn't make, to somebody it didn't make sense. Nobody understood the virus. Nobody understands a pandemic because no one's ever lived through one. Right. right. So it was just completely uncharted waters and trying to make sense of what the heck just happened. Uh, we, 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 you know, we, we've had the flu, we've seen the flu, you know, come across the country and, but we've never, we, we just, you can't understand something you've never faced. But as the days have gone on since then, I think we're all seeing the magnitude uh, of, of what, we're, what we're dealing with. Coach, one of the things that I was curious about, what, what was it like communicating with kind of the upper levels of Ohio State? Like, you know, obviously, you know, AD and, and, and maybe even Drake. What, what, was, what were the kind of communications that were happening uh, in the lead up to this? Yeah. So I would say that I would say, I guess two things is one is just with, with, from a team standpoint, you know, you instantly, you instantly re- reflect on the lives of others too. I think our team did this right away. We huddled together. We talked, right? We shared, we talked. And the reality is as much as we're hurting, there's 330 athletes, right? That were denied the opportunity for good reason to go to the national tournament, but 330 other guys, you've got a guy going for his third title with the potential of getting four. And you start to put the pieces together that, you know, when I'm hurting, but there's a lot of other people hurting too, right? You get that perspective, right. that perspective that, 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 uh, that, is, uh, that is so needed in the midst of, of, of heartache, right? So um, the communication uh, from, from the leadership at the university has been unbelievable. Um, you know, it's, 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 there's, comp, there's weekly calls. We're supposed to have one today, but something happened. But there's been weekly calls uh, and, and you know, basically an understanding of, look, uh, just from start to finish, here's what's happening. Here's what we know. And at some point, right, at some point you submit and you trust, right? And the reason right. why we trust, the reason why I've trusted is because I've been there 13 years now. And, and every time I've trusted, it's come, it's come to, to be truthful, right? And, and it's, been, it's been progressive. And so when someone says, look, the best thing is this, you don't know why it doesn't make sense, but you wait for more information and you just, you just trust. And, um, you know, I think the department's done a really good job. Look, we got to get kids out of the dorms. I mean, everyone was removed from the dorms. Uh, you've got, they're in the middle of classes. You've got, you've got some students that need tutors more than others. You've got, uh, some kids that are from areas that are in a hotbed or a hot spot of the infection. So you don't want to send them there. So the school has really, the leadership has done a really good job at answering coaches' questions, 
and and you know and acting. Coach, when you look at the the 330 athletes you mentioned who didn't get to go and compete in the NCAA tournament, uh, and of course, then you know all of the other winter sport athletes who didn't get to go to their championships, or spring sport athletes who aren't having a season at all. What, what's your sense? Is there any is there any way to make it right by those student athletes? Is there a bonus year of eligibility? Is is there anything that you think can or should be done? To, to try to make it right by those athletes who didn't get to go and, and do what they were supposed to do. I do, you know, and it's complicated, you know, it's complicated, I think. Right. Uh, so you have a couple of options. I believe that you, you can't, uh, to, to me, to me, just kind of throwing it out of the carpet and we're sorry. Uh, there was a, there was a pandemic. Uh, I mean, that's, that's an option, but not to me, not a valid option. <laughs> Right. That's not an option that as a leader of any organization that I would ever just live with. Um, <clears throat> now, it's not my say, but so I don't I don't think that that's a valid option. I think they'll do something. So another option is they get another year. Right. Whoever wants another year, you get another year. Now, that's very complicated. How do you deal with the, the financial aid and the scholarship side of things? Because most teams gave their graduating money to people in November in the early signing period. So now you're talking about going over your limit, scholarship allotment. You've got too much money in the roster. So it's not an easy fix. You've got student athletes that have graduated and they're not just gonna come back to wrestle. They need to have progressed toward a degree. So there's some complications with that, but that's an option to grant them another, an, an, another year. You know, we see more and more where kids are getting fifth years, sixth years, and even some cases, seventh years for injuries and things of that nature. So that's a possibility. I don't know all the intricacies of how to make it happen, but that's a possibility. There's a possibility that you simply, like college football was, did before there was a playoff. Whatever you were ranked in the last ranking, you're, you, that's, that you, if, you, if you were ranked one, you, you, you finish the season number one. If you rank two, you're number two. If you rank seven, you're number seven. You take the team points based on the seeds at the national tournament, and you award team trophies based on um, the, the placement points you would get from where your guys were ranked. So I, I, I don't believe we should just end and move on. Uh, you know, an option is to wrestle it. I, I don't think that's a valid option. There are some, some supporters in the sport that are talking about maybe getting the top four guys together at some point and wrestling it, but that's not going to be incidentally sanctioned. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just really complicated. I hear that they're going to give, you know, some of the sports that didn't even happen, but they're going to give these, these student athletes another year. And, you know, in the sport of wrestling, as we know, uh, the end of the year is, is the, the lion's share of, of how good your season was. Um, right. You know, so, you know, I think those are kind of the three options that I, I see at this point. And I don't know if it's going to be any of those. It could be number one where, hey, you know, things happen in life. They're difficult. And we're going to move forward with the next season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be incredibly sad if if a lot of these guys were not given the opportunity um, to kind of, you know, finish what they started. And I, I agree with you. I think there's got to be uh, a different solution than just like that sucks. Goodbye. Um, I think there's got to yeah. be more than that. Um, the question that I have for you is, you know, you're, you're obviously moving into kind of an uncertain period of time. We don't know how long this is going to last and how long it's going to take. 
but I know you and I know a little about your program and I, I know that, you know, this is not either a coach or a group of individuals, you know, student athletes who are comfortable with just kind of sitting around, not doing anything, not working. So what, what is being done? How do you keep people motivated and active in a time period like this or any coach really, not just the wrestling team, but any coach, how do you continue that? Yeah. So, so, I mean, we have high standards in regards to fitness level at different times of the year. So they all know that as soon as, you know, you know, you're counting on, you know, ultimately you're counting on making sure that you've recruited people that are really good CEOs of their life. Right. They really understand that, that, uh, that it, it is, it is, it is on their shoulders to progress. So we've had a lot of great guys that just understand that, that although we're not together as a team and the wrestling room is closed, you can't get into the wrestling room. Uh, you can't get into any, you know, athletic complex on campus uh, for, for another month or so. So we met with the team. We talked about our standards. We talked about expectations. You know, we, we track their two mile time. We track their pull-ups. We track their deadlift. We track their bench press. Um, you know, we track their overall fitness level. And as soon as they come back, they know that they'll be tested. Uh, so at least there's this sense of, uh, you know, there, there's, you know, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be uh, an evaluation when you return. And this evaluation is going to show us a lot about who you are and the type of, and the type of commitment you have to your, to your, to your, to the sport. So um, we have a meeting set up through zoom uh, leadership meetings where we'll challenge them. So everybody has a zoom account. And, uh, you know, every week we'll get on, a, we'll get on a, a visual call together until we're all back together. And we'll just talk about what we're doing and we'll challenge them uh, and, and just, just have conversation as a team. Uh, but ultimately, I mean, you know, for the most part, as a coach, if you're not coaching, you know, uh, it's challenging. I've been doing this now for 28 years. The last 27 years of my life right now, I mean, I'm in the wrestling room a couple hours a day. And to right. not be, to not, it's challenging. I walked my dog twice as far as today than I did, you know, last week. You know, I'm not sure that counts for anything. Uh, you know. your, your wife's tired of having you around the house at this point, right? Oh, my God. It's not going to go well. I mean, there's going to be a lot of divorced coaches if this thing doesn't, you know, sweep through the country quickly. So, uh, you know. On these lines, and, and maybe your maybe your answer to the last question answers this question too. But the lifeblood of college athletics is recruiting. So, with you know, essentially every coach grounded uh, travel wise, and and uh, you know the conferences have, have put out various statements about recruiting activities and so on. But how how has this changed the calendar for you as a, as a winter sport coach, and and what it does for uh, your program in terms of being able to bring in that next group of future NCAA champions? Yeah, you know, the spring game is always a fun time to get recruits in, right? So losing the spring game, you know, I think for all sports on campus, you know, is, is it's just a great event to get student athletes around just to see the love and the passion that people have that, I mean, how do you get 100,000 people to come to watch a practice, right? I mean, because it's just passion, love. And, and that's, you know, something that we use you know, you know, mightily in the recruiting process that, that, you know, you're going to be loved here. These, these, these fans, these spectators, they, they, they love elite, you know, and they love this, this university, like, you know, you know, more so than any other university. And there's a lot of, a lot of great universities, but this place is loved. So, 
I think one of the good things the NCAA did is it, it's at least a level playing field, right? So it's not like one conference can go and see a kid and we can't. There's a level playing field. Uh, we text a lot. We call them. We email them. We still write them letters. So there's a lot of communication right now uh, with juniors, uh, which right now is the main class for us. Rules do not permit us to communicate, sophs and, and freshmen. But uh, so, yeah, we're doing we're doing all that we can to uh, you know just remain strong in somebody's key key with somebody's key recruits that we have uh, that will hopefully be signing with us in November. Well, then that was going to be my follow up question: Is does the calendar need to change because of this in terms of signing periods and and dates and deadlines? Are there things that uh, the NCAA needs to do to kind of I guess back the calendar up or or level the playing field for folks coming out of this whenever we come out of it? Yeah, I mean that that, that that's a good question. I think I think that. I don't know what they'll do on that. You know, the rule just changed that allowed juniors to take visits. You know, it used to be you couldn't take a visit until the end of your junior year. Right now, they're starting this, this past year, juniors were on our campus, right? We were allowed to fly them in and, and, and pay for trips and whatnot. So for the most part, our main juniors have been to campus already. Um, however, some of them may have one more visit to someplace else uh, before they decide whether it's going to be Ohio State or another school. So, so I'm not sure what the NCAA will do there. I know that I, – I, I do know that by the time – I mean, we're, we're talking on November signing date. You know, we're all hoping that within the next six to eight weeks, you know, this, this curve has flattened that they're talking about, and we're back to some sense of, of normalcy uh, in life. We, we, we don't know that's, that's going to happen. So I think they're taking it kind of two weeks at a time to see what happens here with, with the virus. I want to finish with you putting on your, your cap uh, at, at the Ohio Regional Training Center. And for folks who aren't familiar with how the Olympic system works, the RTCs are um, regional training centers, as the, the name might imply, that are dedicated to um, bringing along our athletes who want to earn a spot on Team USA and compete at the, the World Championships and the Olympic Games. Coach, what you've got uh, the big man in the room, Amar Desi, uh, just uh, qualified to represent Canada in the Olympic Games, but you've got a number of former Buckeyes who are going to be competing, uh, hopefully, to make the U.S. Olympic team. But what what's your gut? We know um, we're, we've got some delays with the um, Olympic qualifiers uh, coming up scheduled here for the first week of April, but now are obviously not going to happen do you think we will have an Olympic Games this summer? And, and what, are, what are your athletes dealing with on the RTC side in terms of being able to, you know, stay focused toward uh, qualifiers whenever that might happen? Yeah, so, so with any, any Olympic athlete, so not only the Ohio RTC, but with any Olympic athlete on campus, is a couple weeks shut down, and then we were all uh, charged with sending a list of any potential Olympian world team member to the university to say that, look, after a certain date, after this two or three week, uh, you know, complete lockdown date, do they need to start training on campus? And are they allowed to start training on campus? So we've got, you know, Miles Martin, uh, Nathan Tomasello, you know, as you said, Desi made the team, Jaden Cox. So we've got some guys that are getting ready for the Olympic trials, which as you mentioned, were pushed back. So the Olympic trials in wrestling, we're gonna be first weekend of April, April 5, 6, in, in State College. That has been pushed back. Um, so, you know, right now, right now, the timing wise, 
they're on a they're on a, a a short break from us, and then based on what happens with this with this pandemic, hopefully, you know, two weeks from now we can resume training these guys uh, to get ready for the trials. Um, so we're 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 kind of in a holding pattern right now. And now in regard to the Olympics, I was looking at some of the uh, some of the numbers, and I've been watching the numbers in different countries, and uh, you know, right now it seems like it seems like they have somewhat of a handle on it. So I, I just I, I think there's a, there's just a huge unknown right now. Uh, there's a huge unknown on 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 how different countries handle this and whether this thing settles down or not, whether this is going to happen or not. You know, when God willing, this thing, you know, we get it under control and and we have an Olympic Games and you know, wrestling is what mid 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 August. Coach, we appreciate you as always, your candor, your your depth of insight, and your willingness to share your experience and, and promote uh, your team and program to the audience. Thanks for joining us, and, and good luck to you and, and the rest of the, the team as they navigate this unprecedented uncertainty, and, and hopefully for the wrestlers who will be going um, to the Olympic trials, whenever that may be, you know, good luck to them as they strive to represent team USA, but we appreciate you joining us. Yeah. And you guys, I know, I know I've said this, I say it on Twitter. I'll say it anywhere. You know, 11 warriors and Andrew covering us week in, week out has been tremendous for the growth of Ohio state wrestling. You bring great stories of, of people that we love the sport of wrestling. And we're just really grateful to the amount of coverage that you guys give the sport of wrestling. So thanks a lot guys. Yeah, Thank you. Say so thanks for putting together a great product. Keep, keep, keep putting together a great product and, and the audience we know is growing the love of the sport more and more all the time. And we're glad to be a part of it. Thanks guys. Thanks again to coach Tom Ryan for coming on and talking with us. Always really great to talk with him and, and get the perspective of someone whose livelihood is directly impacted by this in a, in a very emotional, real way. And I just, I, you know, for a guy who you know, was about to send several athletes to potentially win NCAA championships and then some in a couple of cases likely to win NCAA championships for him to have the kind of perspective and um, I don't know, just overall demeanor towards this that he does. I think it's just really impressive. He's a good dude and, and we're really lucky to be able to talk to him. So thank you, Andy, for setting that up and obviously for being such a great advocate for um, Ohio State wrestling in general. Um I, you know, look, here's the deal. It's football continues, even though you don't have guys on the field at the Woody, whatever, practicing, getting ready for the spring game, etc. You cannot stop college football recruiting. It doesn't stop. It is an unstoppable, just all consuming machine. And Ohio State, uh, Ryan Day, all these guys out there recruiting their butts off, even if they can't meet in person, they're texting, they're sending a billion snaps. I don't know what they're doing. Um, but Ohio State just landed three pretty cool recruits in the past two days, basically. Two today, uh, one on the 15th. You've got two cornerbacks. you got Ja'Kelen Johnson, Devonta Smith, and then you've got the coveted, the incredibly coveted uh, 2021 running back and Evan Pryor. This is, first of all, you love to see it. You love to see it with uh, Kerry Combs coming back and, and getting people on board. Um, and then, of course, you also like to see Alfred kind of nailing it down with the top 10 running back, number six in the country in 2021, Nevin Pryor. I, I'm, I'm happy about this. I, I think these are going to be impact players really quickly. Yeah, I mean, you start off, the best thing in the world about Kerry Combs coming back to Ohio State is the return of the hashtag uh, that every, <laughs> every, 
every boom tweet coming. I mean, let's see the the one for uh, I think this was for let's see Johnson's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight hashtags, um, <laughs> and That's most stupid. of them were more than twenty five characters, as, as you would hope and expect, which I love. And, and sometimes I have to sit there and parse okay where's the space go in here so hashtag adapt and overcome hashtag we can get things done in any circumstance hashtag buckeye football remains open for business so this one was a good one though hashtag facetime not as good as face to face but we are working (laughs) it yes i love this man there there is a reason people say they are willing to run through brick walls for this coach uh but yeah yeah, and what i loved about this um, friend of the program, Teddy Heisman, the, uh, the the king of all things recruiting, wrote a great piece on, gosh, I think it was like Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday, uh, talking about Coach closing in on um, the first commitment despite this strange, you know, uh, NCAA-imposed recruiting dead period because of the, the coronavirus. And next thing you know, boom, on Sunday, you've got the Johnson commitment. Boom, on Monday, you have uh, the uh, – or was that Monday? Yeah, Monday, the Devontae Smith commitment. You know, it's like, yeah, the, the man's getting the work done. And it's and that's one of the things you said when he came back, right? Like, why are they bringing this, this legend back from Tennessee? Part of it was his chops out on the recruiting trail without question. Right. And, and here's the other thing. You might look at some of these texts like, why is Smith in there? I mean, dude's, you know, what, 428 nationally getting offers from Akron and Cincinnati. There's a reason why Alabama was also recruiting this guy. He is going to get bumped up in these recruiting rankings um, probably soon because that tends to happen when somebody commits to Ohio state and then maybe they got three stars and they're like, Oh, maybe let's give them an extra star there. Um, But I, he clearly has a ton of potential dudes lightning fast. Uh, There's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, to appreciate and to like there, particularly if you got Kerry Combs back there coaching guys up. Uh, you needed the running back. That's obviously an area of concern with Ohio State. Um, you know, again, you you can't not not a whole lot of impact on the next upcoming season. But if you're talking about depth overall for the years to come, that's that's an important get. You need that. Um, I you know, look, if you look at the class overall, this is this is kind of what you want to see. You know what I mean? Like, the, I I was personally. And I don't really know why it's not like I was sitting here, you know, like analyzing, you know, all the different things that Ohio state was going to do and all this stuff. But I was a little afraid that Ohio state as a recruiting entity would not be able to maintain some of the things that they were able to accomplish under urban Meyer. And right now you're sitting right with 2021 as the top ranked class in the country, like above Clemson. And and if you look at the stats, like in 24 seven and all these other places, like it's, they're eating other teams lunch right now. Um, so I, look, I am happy to be, uh, and, and happy to have my, my fears assuaged a little bit because this is just a freight train. And when you've got that core group of, you know, Pantone and, and all the other guys working for him, and then you've got these good recruiters that are still on the staff and you bring in Combs, uh, Ryan day obviously can do his thing. Um, this is a recipe for some continued dominance, and recruiting was always a huge part of that under Urban Meyer, and it just feels like it's just continuing under Ryan Day. Yeah, this class is, I mean, it's really incredible. You look and you say you've got 10, 10 recruits in the top 106, and I agree with you uh, that you're going to see a guy like Smith 
you know, make considerable jumps. But then you go you go down through here and see their ranking like by position because you've got the number two defensive end, you've got the number three pro style quarterback, you've you've got the what number eight wide receiver, number one offensive guard, number eight defensive tackle, number four cornerback, number six running back. Holy smokes. Right. I mean, you know, like it's exactly what you're talking about. They're going out there and picking pockets. You've seen some Cincinnati commitments. That's the other thing I think was important about the Devonte Smith um, commitments. You know, another Cincinnati guy, Ohio State, right. pri- prior to Kerry Combs, had had this sort of uh, you know infamous inability to recruit from the Queen City. And hey, bringing a Cincinnati legend like uh, Combs back into the fold certainly doesn't hurt things. And hey, if you bring an underrated Cincinnati kid in to a class that's this loaded that says something to the other kids in that tri-state area that, Hey, you know what? Ohio state's an option you ought to consider. Yeah. And, and then when, especially when you've got a guy like, you know, fickle and all them, like it's, you've got to compete. You've got to worry about whether or not you're going to get some of that talent. Ohio state of Ohio has got some decent talent this year or that in this recruiting class. And uh, you got to be able to pick what you need and and not have to worry about competition. You're high state, damn it! Like you got to be able to to decide like these are the players we want in the state of Ohio. These are the players we're going to get, and for the most part, they've been able to do that. Um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm really excited about this re- recruiting class. It's still not done, and we honestly, by the time this publishes, this may be out of date. Our conversation may be out of date because they might have even more players by the time that this all breaks down. So I, you know, overall, as I said, this is just a really good time to be a fan of Ohio state and Ohio state football in particular. And I'm just, like I said, continually impressed that Ryan day and company have just kept this ball rolling. And, and maybe, I mean, you could argue in some cases even improved the situation uh, that Ohio state had. So, you know, again, super awesome. Love to see it. And I also really like to see them at the top of the recruiting rankings above Clemson, because that just seems to be the one team that Ohio state needs to get past. And, it you know you can't do it without the recruits so it's it's good to see i enjoy it yeah, i want uh nothing good and everything bad for the clemson recruiting machines right. so anytime right. ohio state bests them that's uh, a red letter day in my book and let's have yeah. more of those please thank you absolutely uh and by the way also of note which is interesting just before we move on to ask us anything i i really have to say the recruiting rankings right now are and again this is super early in the process unless you're ohio state in which case you've filled out most of your class but it seems to me that the big 10 is recruiting pretty damn well right now um they're they're they've got a bunch of teams in the you know upper echelon of the recruiting rankings and i i don't know it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen with that going forward um and what that means for the big 10 overall i i think urban meyer had kind of a depressing effect on the rest of the big 10 in terms of recruiting just because they were so aggressive and so ubiquitous and, I, and now i feel like you see some of these other teams in the big 10 developing their own identities as programs i mean especially at places like minnesota and even nebraska although they haven't had the success on the field yet uh, I think that's going to change some things in the Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State's still going to be at the top, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's a lot of programs developing their own identities, and that's going to help them in recruiting. And that'll wow. be kind of fun to see. I, I, you know, honestly, like that'll be kind of fun to see and, and and keep up those rivalries and and increase the meaning of those games. And you know, I mean, don't look now, but you've got Wisconsin and Iowa both in the top ten and the, the that's what uh, I'm saying, man. Na- nationally, exactly. uh, Maryland at number eleven. You know, which I mean, I think we all. Uh, assumed that Maryland's recruiting would pick up 
um, with the coaching, you know, regime right. change there. I think that yes. that was expected. And you see Loxley doing doing work there. But then you come down Minnesota at number fifteen. So then you're right. There's one, uh, two, three, four, five Big Ten teams in the top fifteen of the, the two forty seven um, twenty twenty one football team rankings. And and hey, by the way. Of those five, Ohio State's the only like traditional power of the Big Ten that that's uh, in that smattering. Right. You've got you've got to go down a little ways to find either Penn State or Michigan, all the way down to number twenty nine, LOL, with two commits in their class. Although, you know, one of them is a five star, and good for them. That's nice. Uh, yeah, Rutgers. Hey, hey, you know, coaching change. Speaking <laughs> of which, Rutgers has three commits in this class. You know, they're they're making some. Uh, noise out there. I mean, as, as you said, it's, it's early, um, on for some of these programs, but that's another reason why you say, uh, Ohio state maybe got it, got it made in the shade that they've locked down so many of these, um, you know, programs, uh, these players that are central to the program locked down at this point in the process. Right. And that's the other thing. I mean, we'll, we'll get more into this as we get, you know, more into football a little bit, but Michigan, especially like Michigan needs to have a solid recruiting class just in general they need to really i think pick it up a little bit and they have in the past couple years it hasn't been dire or anything like that but they've got in my opinion they really need to have a marquee recruiting class um to help themselves out they got the five star they have a four star um that that to me is going to be really crucial for that program going forward and it's it's not again their problem has never really been talent it's been developing that talent but I, I just, you know, I, I look at other teams in the Big Ten, like I said, developing an identity, making kind of a national impact. You saw the hype around Minnesota last season. Michigan basically was doing, I mean, they were doing similar things in terms of record as Minnesota, but nobody cared about Michigan because there was just, it was just a giant dead spot. Like nobody wanted to watch a Michigan game, but everybody wanted to watch a Minnesota game, which is hilarious. And it's, it, it goes Row the to the boat, point- baby. That's what I'm saying. It goes to the point that Michigan just has no charisma right now. They've got no juice. And hopefully maybe they can get some of that back. And hopefully for them, they can get some of that back um, through recruiting. But we'll see how that goes. We want to remind you the Dubcast is sponsored by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Uh, drygoods.11warriors.com. Shirts, hats, stickers, all kinds of things. Go ahead and buy it. They're great. Check them out. Uh, let's do a little bit of ask us anything and we we don't have too many questions this week but i do want to thank uh you know the people who are listening and whatnot i know hopefully this will give you some comfort in these tough times and we want to start here with our good friend alvin alvin wants to know uh, how will coronavirus impact our football program this spring and the larger ncaa football landscape are teams less prepared fitness and playroom wise come fall due to lack of reps what do you think yeah, I mean, I think that's a big concern. So obviously, the a lot of the initial attentions focused on things like, uh, you know, shutting down recruiting activities because those are the most obvious things, um, you know, news cycle wise. Okay, then it was uh, shutting down spring games. Okay, that that's the second most visible thing. But I'm I'm kind of with Alvin in that wondering. Uh, and, and we heard Coach Ryan earlier in the program talk about you know what the wrestlers are doing relative to the the folks who are going to be competing in the Olympic trials, you know, they're, they're not able to be on campus training right now, um, you know, for at least a two week period. I mean, I, I sort of assume at some point, uh, depending on how this unfolds over the next two weeks, that there will be some loosening of some of those restrictions in terms of getting, getting players back into weight rooms and doing some of those kind of things. I'm assuming that coach Marathi is, uh, communicating with 
players regularly and making sure that they're minding their P's and Q's diet wise and doing what they can at home uh, in terms of strength and conditioning. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a real challenge because you think about uh, the work that the, you know, strength and conditioning staff does during the off season to get players ready. Uh, This is an important part of the year. That's just now not going to happen, at least not the way we expect it to happen. What do you think? I, I agree with you. I think the NCAA is going to have to figure something out in terms of like practice and conditioning and whatnot and allowing coaches to have that kind of interaction with players because they're just not obviously they're not going to get it at this point. I There's got to be something that they allow for to get people back on track, not just physically, because obviously that's a huge part of it. But I think just mentally getting getting prepared for seasons and whatnot. It's, it's not something you just do overnight, even when you're in high school, right? Like you've got a two month run up to the season in some cases like i remember doing soccer conditioning in you know july for you know games that didn't start till late august or early september so i don't you know and that was me as a terrible soccer player in high school so i I just i guess what i'm saying is is that they've got to figure something out uh at the end of this where they can really kind of hit a reset button and allow these players to get some coaching time and some just reps because I, i i i agree with you i think it's kind of difficult to just jump into it and to lose that just sucks. So I, yeah, they got to figure something out with that and hopefully they do. Yeah. I'm um, sure they will because you, you know, these coaches are communicating back through and these oh, sure, departments yeah. are communicating back through, you know, here are the 27 problems that have to be solved between now and right. the, the start of fall ball. And this is going to be way up on the, the yeah. list for just pretty much every program in the business. Yeah, I would hope so. Um, okay, so this last one here, this is from Sam. Sam asks us, hypothetically, if you were stuck in your house for an indeterminate amount of time, uh, what what piece of media uh, would you would would help you get through this this trying time? What 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 is your go to? I guess. Well, well, I have to say, I was really grateful to the Walt Disney Company uh, as a subscriber to their Disney Plus service. Um, I got a, an email earlier this week from them letting me know that Frozen 2 was debuting early on Disney+. There Plus. You you know, it was not ex- expected to make it to the streaming service this quickly. You know, typically, you know, we'd go through DVD and Blu-ray sales and then we'd release it for you to be able to buy on uh, your Apple TV or other streaming device. But no, um, out of a, an abundance of humanitarian care for society, Frozen 2 has made it to Disney Plus. So I'm grateful for that. I would say um, I'm already consuming Twitter way too much um, <laughs> because yeah. of, of this uh, unofficial quarantine. But I did give uh, I did give Johnny Lee a recommendation prior to going on the air tonight that I think um, I'll share with you as well, Sam. Um, the television show Bluey, which if you oh, are yeah. familiar with um, kids television, Bluey is an Australian broadcasting program that is now streaming on Disney Plus and other streaming platforms, I assume. But it's about a family of Australian cattle dogs, the blue and red healers. Um, You've got mom and dad and their two daughters, Bluey and Bingo. And it is the most wholesome um, program on television right now. I highly recommend binge watching that because um, a lot of good parent humor in there. My daughter, um, the little tyke seven-year-old first grader loves it to pieces. 
And she and I have had lots of daddy-daughter time watching Bluey. Can't get enough of that. Um, otherwise, I've been binging Nat Geo Wild's um, series about uh, our national parks. So oh, nice. I've seen a couple great episodes about Olympic National Park and Yosemite, uh, as well as Nat Geo's series, The Incredible Dr. Pohl, about a Michigan veterinarian named Jan Pohl. So that's what's been keeping me going during okay. the first, what, <laughs> 48 or 72 hours <laughs> of... <laughs> of the great quarantine of 2020. So your mileage may vary. Right. You know what? And it's, I, I, my heart breaks when you mentioned the national parks, my wife and I were going to the great smoky mountains for uh spring break and we, we can no longer do that obviously. And it's just, it sucks because that's, that would have been a really gay ass trip, but you know, you can still live vicariously through the internet and through television. I look, IFC and uh comet, the two these two channels are now broadcasting Mystery Science Theater three thousand again. Oh, oh. <laughs> so that that is now occupying a significant chunk of our DVR. Um, and that's look, that's comfort food for me. I freaking love Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Even if I'm not even paying attention, just having in the background. Even if you're not listening to jokes, you're just you know like half paying attention to these incredibly terrible movies. Uh, all, like hundreds of episodes are on YouTube. You know, look, we've had Robert Smith on uh, the Dubcast a couple times over the years, and really, it's just a vehicle to ask him about the one time he appeared on Mystery Science Theater 2000. <laughs> like that, that has come up twice, and it's really been the focal point of the conversation each time. Um, yeah, that's that's my jam. And if you haven't watched it, you should. It's basically a guy trapped in space while evil scientists send him terrible movies and that he and his robots make fun of. And I, I know it sounds wacky and outlandish. Just watch the thing. It's, it's one of the funniest holler. shows ever made. It's amazing. Um, so that's, that's my jam. And that's what I've been uh, kind of, I guess, uh, soothing the nerves with over the past uh, few days. So anyway, however you do it, keep it up. Maybe it's listening to the dub cast. Cause we're definitely going to be here. We're not going to stop. Um, whatever you got to do to stay frosty, trust the experts, take care of each other, um, and be kind. And, and I think we'll, we'll be able to get through it. Um, but yeah, I know that's, that's my advice for the people. You got any last words on, on that? Andy? Well, I, I was just going to say, you know, we were talking at the top of the program and I mentioned the Kentucky Derby and literally during the time we have been recording this episode, uh, the announcement was made that the Derby will be postponed until September all right. uh, because of concerns over the COVID-19 pandemic, no word yet on um, the other races in the Triple Crown, but one would have to assume that the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes will back up accordingly to keep something right. similar to, so you're probably looking at, say, the Derby in September, the Preakness uh, and or Belmont in September and October. So, you know, could be a nice fall of uh, horse racing then. You follow up with the Breeders' Cup in November. It could be yeah. could be a nice sweep, uh, something each month from September through November uh, in, in thoroughbred racing. So, but, you know, the show must go on. And uh, as, as Johnny uh, alluded to, stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll, we will continue to bring you the most witty, stunning, insightful commentary in all of sports, <laughs> or at least all of the sports you're listening to at this moment in time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So next week, we'll be back. And until then, I'm Johnny. I'm Andy. And we'll see you then.